This is a WTF podcast experience. But something that I hated so much and it made me so angry, I worked for those big box gymmers. When they communicate with their members, they only communicate to people who have been in the last two weeks. They don't communicate to anyone who hasn't been in longer than that because like, we don't want to remind them that they've got a membership. And it made me so angry. So when we communicate with our members, I don't care whether, you've, whether been, we communicate with you. If you realise that you're not going and you, you've got a membership you're not paying for, we'll, we'll reach out to you. Welcome to Taming the Ferrets, New Zealand's most awarding business podcast. A collection of ferrets is called a business, and here on New Zealand's most awarding business podcast, we tame the ferrets once and for all. Entrepreneurs, leaders, inspirational figureheads are all welcome here to inform, educate, motivate, and inspire. My name's Freddie Bennett, entrepreneur, author, world record holder and wannabe podcast host. And today, everybody, we have got a real treat for you. I am delighted to welcome into the studio Jimmy August, founder of Redefined Wellbeing Hub. Jimmy, welcome to Taming the Ferrets. Thank you for having me. Welcome to our our, our amazing... uh, custom-made uh, studio here in uh, in Chapel Street. And is this uh, one of your first podcasts? This will be my first official podcast, yeah. It does look semi-professional in here. I think you guys have done a good job. Semi-professional is probably one of the, the nicest things anyone's ever said about Taming the go. Ferrets. We've been told much. Uh, we've been told many, many other things yeah. that uh, maybe a bit more exotic, yeah. shall we say, but we'll leave that for uh, for another episode. So, Jimmy, welcome. Um, for anyone that doesn't know about you or your business, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, well, yeah, Redefined is, is my baby, basically, a business that has been, for me, a culmination in my years since I since I finished university in the, in the health and fitness industry. A lot of travel around the world to experience you know, other sort of things. And it's a really a culmination of all of that. And just trying to disrupt what I view as the fallacies of the, the health and fitness industry by creating something that is just more wholesome and just getting away from that. I go to the gym to look good to more of I go to the gym to feel good. That's kind of our our MO. I love it. And we're, uh, we're certainly going to talk about disruption because that's what we love to do here on Taming the Ferrets. But, but let's start at, at the beginning, uh, if we can. And, and has health and fitness always been something important when you were growing up? Yeah, I was, I was yeah, I grew up in Bay of Islands, so a pretty low key town called, called Kirikiri. Um, yeah, health and fitness was massive for me then, but it all came through sport because I played football golf, surfing, all those sort of things. That's what that's what that's what shaped me there. And I think that was the combination and that's the sort of that's where I want to go with my career is working in something that involves involves movement. Mm. So yeah. I I mean I went to a gym in Kirikiri for a short bit, but I just had so much on with sport. Yeah. When you're when you're that when you're that young and you, you have that that opportunity that we have in New Zealand, which you might not get in some other countries, I can certainly testify to that. Yeah. Uh, growing up in uh, obviously not being a born and bred Kiwi myself, where our, our version of sport was was kind of like running around a concrete room and just kicking yeah. rocks, and that's modern day UK. So yeah. uh, so there you go. Um, but I think Jimmy, you make a, a great point there because you know I, I look at my kids now and they're always running around and active, and and, and many of us are when we're younger, but yeah. then. Life gets in the way, and the you know the the work gets busier, and the relationships get more complicated, and all this, all these things happen in our lives, and that generally can can distract us from from sport and health and fitness. But so how how did you stay on track? How did you put your 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 exercise center of your life? It doesn't always happen. I think that's a really big one. Is that we're not all perfect, and I think a lot of 
the fake the fake sort of what you see on Instagram and the influencer type type marketing is what grinds me so much. And it's that sometimes I'm not the fittest version of myself. Sometimes I'm not the healthiest version of myself. But that gives me a lot more credence to be preaching the right thing to people from someone who can experience both ways and understand the challenges mm. of what being healthy really is. And, and what is health to you and healthiness? Um, health is, first of all, your mindset. I think that's a massive part of it. It's moving daily. We have, a, we have a saying we call natural movement. And that if we spend, if we go to the gym three or four times a week and the rest of the time we sit at a desk like we're sitting now, and that's the result, we're not doing our bodies any service. So for me, movement needs to come into our day. So if you've got a sedentary job, can you go for a walk at lunchtime? Can you walk to work, bike to work? If you're taking a bus to work, can you walk the last two bus stops? So adding movement into our day that we consider to be natural, where it's not a chore, it's not, I'm not exercising, it's just I'm moving. It's part of my day. That is a crucial part to, to health. Um, mental health is massively, as I said, gyms for me are at the forefront of preventative healthcare and they're not being recognised. And that. And I might be using the wrong word for gyms, but movement is at the forefront of preventative mental health care because the exercise of the sorry the benefits of exercise on your mental health are I mean the studies the studies are pretty clear so those those are pretty crucial and then it's eating well most of the time you know we don't have to be perfect seven days out of the week but can we be perfect for well not be perfect but be reasonably good for 80 percent of that and then we can have those we can have that balance at the weekend I love that. And we're, we're going to dig into that in a lot more detail, but I think you're totally right that it's that fallacy of physical health has to be just what you see in the mirror and, uh, and yeah, living life through a lens and, and just trying to be perfect for a photo. And then the camera goes away and we live a totally different lifestyle. I think it's, it, it's, it's a sad Testament, but it's also an opportunity, I think, to, for people to change their lives. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It, it's, um, yeah, it's what's been prescribed and what younger gen or what younger people think when you're growing up of what you're supposed to look like. It's just so, it must be so harmful for someone with young health, you know, I, luckily I never had that when I was younger. Maybe, you know, I didn't have Instagram or Facebook when I was 17 or 18. So that, that was probably a blessing because now, you know, when I think of what my kids are going to, going to grow up thinking what they need to look like, it's sort of, you know, does set off a few alarm bells now. Mm, definitely. Yeah. So we had you in Bay of Islands, loving your sport, loving your health and fitness. How do you go from there to, to to running a well-being hub because I know a lot of people out there right now they you know they you know, a lot of especially younger people they are into sport and health and fitness and they want to get into this industry but they don't know how so so what was your journey from from the idea to to opening the door of, of, of your first hub my journey started with university and university was a little bit of escapism for me it was like I grew up in a small town and I was like where can I go that has somewhere, you know, like a city vibe. And I went to the furthest place away I could from Bay of Islands. So I went from Bay of Islands to Dunedin and became a scarfie down there. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie, the, the allure of Dunedin was the party culture. was like, I can go to this student town and, and really spread my wings while studying something that I'm, that I'm passionate about. So I studied, I did a four-year degree, degree there in physical education and a big degree in social having fun and that was a really important part of it because you've got to you've got to enjoy enjoy yourself so that was that was the first step and then after that after after getting my degree it was 
as as a lot of people who get degrees, that's like, what do I do with this degree? And it's it's quite sometimes I don't know if it's sad as the word, but a lot of people do these PE degrees or certificates in fitness, and at the end of it, like, what what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And it's a very challenging industry to get into and be successful, yeah. basically because you're just it's like go be a personal trainer or go be a PE teacher is kind of yeah. where you land. And they're not, you know, being a personal trainer is where I started, but it's not a glorious or glamorous job as, as it seems. You know, you have to be, you, at the age of 20, 21, you've got to go be your own business person without any business coaching, mm. without any understanding of how to run a business. I think that that's a really key point and a, a confession that I don't tell many people is I actually qualified as a personal trainer myself. And uh, yeah, that was back in England. I did all my... You know, my my sort of my quite advanced qualifications, and um, because I was that guy who liked hanging out in the gym, and and yeah, when I was probably part of that that slightly younger uh, Instagram generation, I was there saying, um, you know, I, I'm going to hang out in the gym and uh, and and yeah, be a personal trainer, yeah. and, and just do it like that, yeah, and, and see a lot of that, yeah, and yeah. I didn't think about. You know, the, the work involved, the fact that if you've got clients, then you might be have your first client at 5 a.m. and your last client at 10 p.m. And and I, I got it totally wrong, which is why I'm not a personal trainer now. But um, it's a really different sort of viewpoint. Yeah, the drop-off, the, this, the drop-off, I mean, the success rate from anyone who does a PT course is less than 10%. Really? Will be there a year later. It's, ah. pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough because those are the similar points. You've got to generate your own business. It's not just, a, oh, people, oh, can you train me? It doesn't doesn't work like that. You've got to, like any business, you've got to create it. If you're given no training on running a business, if you're not a business savvy person or a business minded person, how are you going to do that? And that's the real gap there. Definitely. Yeah. So, so you so you spent that time as, as a personal trainer, and then yeah. how did you have you know was was something like redefined? Was it always your vision? Was it something that that just came to you one morning and thought, oh, I need to go and create this thing? No, it was actually a conversation. So when I was at uni, I met this amazing group of friends and we had other people who were personal trainers. We had people starting to be physios. One was starting to be a doctor. We had people in all these sort of health fields. And I think around the campfire, oh, I can't remember what it was, it would be the early 2000s, mid-2000s, you know, maybe 2005, we sort of came up with this idea. I was like, if we, you know, we, we should connect again in 10, 15 years and bring this well-being hub together, bring all these elements of what we think it would be. And that's when we, that sort of seed was sown. I was like, if we're going to create something, it needs to be well-rounded. Because even then it was like, you know, results, health, fitness isn't a one-size-fits-all approach as much as it's marketed out to be. And that was kind of where that, that idea was, was sown. And then we all went off traveling different worlds. And then, then it was only about five, six years ago that I really picked it back up. Amazing. And, yeah. and with with that uh, to, to get the business and did you have ever have moments when you were just thinking oh, I know what that was just a crazy idea that you have when you're all just talking to your mates and nothing's ever going to come of it and did you have any yeah almost fears or doubts that that it was never actually going to happen well I never really thought it was going to happen until about yeah five or six years ago when you know I had a business partner at the time um, when we really connected and started to started to bring those ideas ideas together, we spent about five years planning and mapping out how how redefined would look. Mm. By that time, we'd both travelled the world. I'd been in the UK, mostly in Australia, which you know London and Melbourne are quite sort of fitness hubs. There's a yeah. lot going there, and you're able to actually sort of see there and see what's happening in these places, what's happening in America, what is gonna, where is New Zealand going to be going? Mm. And I could just see this move towards holistic health happening. It's happening slower than I want it to happen, 
but I could see it, see it, see it happening that way. So I was like, when I'm ready to move to New Zealand, so that was always the plan. Yeah. Had two two kids in Melbourne, and I was like, where do I want them to grow up? And I was like, I want them to grow up in New Zealand where they can play sport, run outdoors, all those things we spoke about just yeah. before. Mm-hmm. I want them to have those opportunities. And that 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 was a reason to come to New Zealand, mm-hmm. and then it was a, a case of creating this idea. Mm-hmm. And that's what we actually moved back to New Zealand for. So me and my partner and our two kids moved back three years ago just to set this business up. And and I love this this concept that you had the, the vision, and then you literally move countries to to make it happen. Yeah. I know that yeah. so, and I I speak to them every day. The people that are saying. I'm going to open my own gym one day. I'm yeah, going to do this yeah. one day. And, and then you speak to them you know, one, two, five years later, and you're like, How, how's that idea? And then they all say, oh, you know, economy or COVID yeah. or money. Or, and yeah. they always give excuses. But what I love about Redefined is that you made it happen. Yeah. And uh, do you think was was that luck? Was that determination? Was it the the, the right people at the right time? Or it's just or- sheer, sheer drive. I love to make that. it happen like this is what I want to do mm. and I'm going to make it happen there's no no luck involved in any of that where well, you had to open during COVID and create a business mm-hmm. a business plan that we spent years working on we were due to open in April 2020 obviously COVID came mm. in March 2020 so and the sheer drive just to get through that so yeah I'd never believe that luck and hard work uh, uh, are different things, you know. And it's really interesting because we've had a couple of, of business owners on on the podcast, and they've they've either you know just launched or they were at a very early stage when COVID hit. And I'm in a privileged position because I get to see those businesses. Uh, I speak about their journey, and I see them now. And there's something there, and we talk about the importance of of, of mindset and everything else. The businesses that opened. And got through before COVID, and then got through COVID. I find they're they're really thriving now, and they're going on a rocket ship. And there's there's something around that. If you can get through tough times, if you can go through that that horrific period for a couple of years when that felt like the world was falling apart, but if, I think if businesses can get through that, especially the early ones, it, it it sets you up for for a prosperous future. Yeah, that was always the mindset. It was like this came, and I always we have a bit of a. A mantra we preach to our members, and that's: Are we when bad things happen? Are we proactive or are we reactive? So, if we're in traffic, are we throwing our toys out of the pram at the traffic, or are we putting a podcast on? Mm. When lockdowns coming, why are you fighting things you can't control? This is something that's happened. I can't control the country being locked down. I can't control these restrictions and mandates. So, how do I make the situation better? And that's the mentality we, we sort of went with that is that we can only make the situation better through our actions and our mindset. And it was the same thing if we can get through this and we can survive this, then our future is rosy. And it wasn't easy, it was bloody tough. The hours, the, the stress, like the effect on your family life, it, it all adds up. Mm. And, and one of the, the key things of taming the ferrets is, we, as we say, uh, yeah, trying to tame our business, our life, our health, our fitness, our mindset. It is like taming a room full of ferrets, yeah. hence, hence the yeah. name. How How is it trying to – you talked about having your, your kids and, and move them over here. Yeah. How is it trying to, to, to run a business where you, you talk a lot about you know health and being holistic and everything else and keeping that work-life balance? Yeah, uh, it's, it's something that you just had to – especially through the back half of last year with the lockdown into mandates – Unfortunately, I just had to throw the whole concept of work-life balance out the window and just just roll up the sleeves and be like, I'm here. I'd get to work at 7 a.m. and I would, I'd leave at 8 p.m. And it was just keeping the business alive. Mm-hmm. 
And you have to look at that. It's like I've got 30, 40 people who are, who are part of redefined working for us. You know, I'm responsible for their health and their work. I'm responsible for providing my, my family. So it's not the ideal situation. That's where I'm able to reflect on people who are stressed out, who don't have work-life balances, who aren't that healthiest version of themselves because I've been there and I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And now my focus is, is getting my balance and my health back to where it was before that. Definitely. Yeah. I wanted to take a quick pause in today's episode to tell you some very exciting news. We are honoured to have the owner of the Bay of Plenty Business News here in the studio, Mr. Alan Nieburn. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks, Freddie. Thanks for that welcome. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up in this month's issue. That's the September issue of Bay of Plenty Business News. I knew you were going to ask me about that, so I thought I might as well charge straight into it. Hey, I don't know if uh, if you live anywhere near uh, near Bethlehem. Or Tapuna, Freddie? Yes, Alan, I do. <laughs> well done. I'll give it some context because you're probably starting to wonder why I'm asking that. No, we're not asking people to stalk you, to find you and track you down. Not at all. Hey, the reason I mentioned that is because we're featuring this month uh, a background story on the new Tolrico Eastern Link Road. Uh, for those of you that don't live in that area, you won't know anything about it. You may not be even aware that it's happening. But for those of you who live near the Wairoa River, uh, you may have well seen a lot of activity there. There's big stuff happening behind the scenes. So September issue, Bay of Plenty Business News. You can find out a bit more about what's happening in this massive scheme. Alan, I need to get that information in my life. If I was going to go online to read the Bay of Plenty Business News, what website would I go to? That's easy. Dub businessnews.co.nz I'm there now. Thank you, Alan. And now back to the episode. And it might seem like a like a slightly weird question, but this, this business is obviously your you know your, your passion and redefine mm. something that you're passionate about. And we we see and hear so much on social media about you need to follow your passion. And I think certainly with uh, I've been there myself and with, with many people and you're stuck doing something you don't want to do when you're like, ah, oh, shit, I wish yeah, I was following my passion. And in those tough moments, when you say, when you were trying to keep the business alive, working those 12, 14 hour days, was it still fun? Like, were you still thinking, oh, this is brilliant. I'm following my passion. Or were there moments where you're like, this is shit. I want to quit. No, I call it purposeful. So there's, there's another, we've got this universal wellbeing philosophy that we import on members and, and it's based on the blue zones research. Um, which are pockets of the world where the average life expectancy is exceedingly high. And they're called the blue zones. And they have all have these universal traits, and they're called the power nine. And one of them is uh, purpose. And it said that having purpose in your life is said to be worth seven or eight years in extra life expectancies. So in those sort of times, it's challenging. Like, well, this is my purpose. This is what I want to do. This is just a, you know, this is just a tough time. Mm-hmm. There was never any thought of quitting. No, but because that's just the mindset that comes with it. And if you... If you start having those seeds of doubt, they will, they will start to resonate with your staff and everything like that. So I never had any doubt we'd be fine, but it wasn't. It wasn't. There are times where it wasn't as enjoyable as what I wanted it to be. That's for sure. Definitely. I think that's just natural. But I think you're right, and that's as, as I see it. That's something about life as well. I think we've again. I think social media has a lot to Massively. answer for here. We're, yeah. We're, we're fed this diet of you jump out of bed every morning with a smile on your face and you're loving what you do every day yeah. and life is perfect and yeah. you look great. And and again, I, I fell down that trap for a while of feeling bad about myself because my life wasn't insta-perfect. And then I, I spoke to a person much wiser than, than I and, and they said, but 
part of life is about suffering and it's almost that that sort of that stoicism approach of yeah. we you know we we have to focus on what we can control and if you want to to make a dream come true if you want to to follow your your purpose then then sometimes not every day is going to be yeah. perfect if, if it was easy everyone would be doing it mm. it's the same thing it's the same thing about a lot of things but if it was easy well then it wouldn't make the success what what, what it is yeah, but you you do have to roll up your sleeves and you do have to be prepared that in business that there will be good times and there will be bad times and there will be things outside of your control that you just have no control over and you've got to you, – it's your job as a business owner and a leader and a mentor for some people to make that situation better and provide a pathway out of it. Absolutely. And and I wanted to, to go back actually and touch on those those blue zones uh, or touch on that blue zone research because I haven't heard about that before. And we're saying there's a number of countries where life experiences. Yeah, so, so national, there's a guy called Dan Butner. He's pretty amazing. So look up bluezones.com. Um, he's, yeah, he's a pretty, pretty inspirational guy. So he and New National Geographic have studied these cultures for about 30 or 40 years. And he tries to create now what he calls blue zone cities. So the blue zones, and unfortunately they're not all, they don't all still exist, but they're just pockets of the world where the people who live there are exceptionally healthy. They've got a number of them living past a hundred. And these, um, these uh, pockets are, so there's Icaria in Greece, there's Sardinia in, oh, there's Sardinia, like the, the mountainous region in Sardinia. There's Okinawa in Japan. There's Loma Linda in California, which is actually a religious Seventh-day Adventist group. And there is Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica. So those are your five blue zones. And they share these these nine traits. And those nine traits are our natural movements. They always are always moving. They don't go to gyms. They're typically farming lifestyles or things, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, downshifting, so they have really low stress levels because they don't have things that stress them out. Stress is a precursor for long-term poor health, mm. right? Um, uh, their nutrition principles, they eat a, a quite a wholesome plant-based diet, a little bit of meat, but meat only makes up about 10% of that. Mm. I'm not saying we need to go vegan or vegetarian, but our, definitely my philosophy is we need more wholesome plant-based foods in our, in our diet. There's this really cool mantra that the Okinawans have, and that's that you eat until you're 80% full. Because there's actually a bit of lag time. It takes about 20 minutes for the stomach to tell the brain that it's full. Mm. So we're quite conditioned to overeating. So it's another little match we have it redefined. For your main meals, eat your 80% full. Mm. And for a lot of people, that's the difference between gaining weight or losing weight. They don't need to go on a diet or anything like that. They just need to eat wholesome, healthy foods and eat your 80% full. Mm. Movement, stress, um, the people you hang out with, all those sort of things are what make up those those mm. those those um, power nine, and that's a lot of the philosophy that we incorporate into our well-being. So, mm. when someone comes into redefine, we're not just saying you need to exercise and you need to eat better. It's like how are your stress levels, who are the people you're hanging out with, mm. you know, all these other things that make up make up total well-being. It, I, I love that concept, and and I'm also shocked that um, that where I'm from, Liverpool in the UK, isn't in the blue zone where we um, yeah we, we grew up on a diet of of deep fried Mars bars yeah. and uh, yeah. fell asleep to the uh, beautiful sounds of gunfire yeah. every night. But that's yeah. a, a story for another podcast. Yeah. But um, I wanted to. Yeah, bring things more in into the present now and we we definitely got to go around the whole kind of the the state of the fitness industry mm. at the moment but um it grinds me the state of the fitness industry yeah we're we're gonna certainly <laughs> yeah. go go to that one i think let, let's let's look at the the business first of, of, of redefined yeah. i think we've we've started to touch on this how and this clearly this ain't just another gym no no we're, we're that's why we try we are essentially a gym we're a place where pe- people go to exercise but what 
we've seen like a massive rise over the last five or six years in what I call small group training. So we had that traditional big box gym model about that was really popular sort of through 2005, 2015, where everyone was going to a gym that had five, six, seven thousand members. That's where I worked at Les Mills in Wellington. It was amazing. There was 10,000 members there. The vibe was awesome, but you're going to get lost in there. Yeah. Now, the average person goes to a gym who's a member of like a 24-hour gym or a big, what we call a big box gym. The average person goes somewhere between 0.7 to 0.8 times a week. So there you take your average member. So when I looked at that, I was like, so your average gym member is going less than once a week. What is, what is the purpose of this gym? Like, what is, that, what is that doing? And then we saw the rise of small group training, like your F45s and your CrossFits yep. and your Pilates. And they started to bring in that pay a bit more, but you're going to get a more personalized service. And what these offerings started to do, people started to go two or three times a week. So while they might have been paying $50 a week or more, versus paying $20 a week for membership, their cost per visit was actually less. Yeah. So I had to see there's more value in those memberships. Yes, it costs more. But if you're going three times a week and paying $17 a visit, mm-hmm. that's better than going to a $20 a gym and paying $23 a visit, going 0.8 times a week, Definitely. looking at that as, a, as an overarching mm-hmm. picture. But then what I found also with these models is they're very limited because you can only do one style of training for so long before mm-hmm. you either – it's just engagement – you know, if you were to train, if you were just to run all the time, you, there are times where you just mm-hmm. might want might want something else. Yeah. So I wanted to pull something together that could bring the best movement modalities from what I'd experienced around the world and put them into into one one hub, and then have a really awesome array of health services. So I guess that may, and then I was like, well, what is our point of difference going to be? And that's going to be that you can we've got the high intensity training, the group training, really specialized progressive we do 10 week cycles that's our performance studio mm-hmm. but then rather than just doing that side of training we've also got our movement studio which focuses on reformer pilates which is just for me an amazing training style but then we've been speaking about mental benefits and and, and health and that's where the yoga comes in mm-hmm. so we've got our mind body studio which uses infrared heat as well so infrared is a very powerful health tool mm-hmm. so for that one membership now you can go to fitness strength conditioning boxing you can do pilates you can do yoga we've put sort of 80 we've got 80 classes a week running across those three studios at the moment yeah and that for me just gives people a more well-rounded version so if you're not feeling like thrashing your body with a high intensity workout today go do some yoga mm-hmm. you know but you've still got that really high specialized specialized level of training mm-hmm. and our average member is coming about 3.1 to 3.2 times a week so for me, that's just so much more powerful. We're getting real results with people mm-hmm. through attendance and through engagement. I think that that's the key thing. And yeah, mentioning no uh, no names of other gyms, but you do get the feeling that other, um, maybe bigger brand fitness hubs, shall we say, their focus is on sales. Because, and, and someone told me the way that some gyms looked at it, it's actually about signing up members. They don't really care whether you yeah. use the gym or not. As long yeah. as you pay your, your fees every every yeah, month, exactly. then the gym's like anything. It's better if people don't come, so the gym looks emptier for people. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, we are we are in a direct sales business, whether it's us or anything. You you do have to make sales to because you're going to lose people and people to grow. But something that I hated so much and it made me so angry. I worked for those big box gyms when they communicate with their members. They only communicate to people who have been in the last two weeks. They don't communicate to anyone who hasn't been in longer than that. So we don't want to remind them that they've got a membership. Wow. And it made me so angry. So when we communicate with our members, I don't care whether, you've, whether we communicate with you. If you realise that you're not going and you, 
you've got a membership you're not paying for, well, we'll reach out to you and try to find out why and try to motivate you. But, mm. but this thing, oh, we're only going to c- communicate with our active membership base. Again, it's like, what are you, what are you doing for these people? It's crazy. And, yeah. and I, I'm a bit of a data geek. I'd love to see the membership data of a, of a gym because I've, I've lived it so many times. So I, I go through these stages. You know, I'll do running and then I'll be like, oh, I need to start lifting weights again. So then I'll, I'll do an F45 or something. Yeah. But I, I can see my pattern with any kind of gym or exercise. You, you sign up and then you go crazy, 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 crazy for yeah, up to six weeks. And then I'll either get sick or get injured. And then I'll stop and then I'll start again. But then you can start to see on, I'll go less and less and less. And then you get that moment where you just don't go again. And you say, you know, then, and I've, I've given the excuses and the work and the life gets busy and, and then it just kind of dies, which I, and I'm, I'm a guy who loves his fitness. And I know there's so many people out there where literally stepping foot inside a gym is one of the most terrifying thoughts yes, of their whole very, life. Very daunting. And yeah. I think so if, if I'm a, say a guy who knows the, the importance of fitness and my gym going just dwindles off and dies. Cause I'd just rather watch Netflix and eat cake. Someone who is not of, of that mind. It, I just think it's a tragedy that so many people that want, want that second shot at life and want to, to be all they can be and, and have the, the, the health and the fitness and the mindset. But if, if they don't get the right support, then, then it just simply doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think touching on the, a bit about expectations, when, when we do like a, I call it an induction, when a new member starts, we spend an hour with them doing goal setting. I'm just really conscious of the stars. Like you don't need to be here every day. If you can get here three times a week, if you can go walk up, walk, up the hip, mount the mount a couple of times a week, things like this. We're, we're making good, good inroads and we're creating healthy habits because what you find is we don't want, and this is where, you know, six week challenges, another thing that grinds me where it's just like go exercise 10 times a week and eat this calorie restrictive diet. What are we teaching the people in that time? That's why they just yo-yo and bounce from challenge to challenge. So we're trying to create healthy, sustainable habits. Can you, Come here three or four times a week. Can you eat a little bit of it? Can you move more in your nat- in your natural movement? And we start creating healthy habits, and actually creates that adherence and that attendance to it because we're taking away that chore of it. Why am I doing something that I hate or anything like that? And that's that's such a key point because, and again, I'd, I'd, I'm speaking all from experience. Yeah. I've been the person who's been like, "Oh, great! I went to the gym for 45 minutes." That's an extra large pizza that I've earned. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, way it's just that, it. so, that mindset that we're creating and mm. that that reward and punishment it just they don't work for fitness you can't be rewarding yourself with food because you trained or you can't be punishing yourself by not eating because you you had a bad weekend we've got to remove that that reward and punishment from fitness it doesn't work mm, definitely yeah. and now let's let's start going on to the uh, the, the very hot topic of the overall fitness industry yeah. um to, to to get us warmed up for this i suppose What's your views on the the number of I'll call them online fitness influencers who are just saying, you see, sign up for my four week challenge or my two week challenge, just, just kind of do it at a, home. It's just a whole load of bullshit, really. It's, 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 it's not it's not painted anything other than it, than it is. It's it's just it's just crap. Like the health and fitness isn't a short term fix. Becoming healthy and creating sustainable habits doesn't happen in a two-week, four-week, six-week challenge. It's a long, long-term plan that comes through experience and and the right the right advice and getting advice from someone who I follow this guy called James Smith. I'm not sure if you've yeah, I know James. Yeah, yeah. Not, not personally. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, he really is now on the head. It's like these people, these influencers. They'll 
they'll go get their photos done for the year in one week when they're looking awesome and then they'll use that to promote through the whole year. It's not natural, it's not normal, and it's creating that false sense of expectation. I'm going to look like that if I do this. Mm. You know, it's like they don't always look like that. They don't look that for a few weeks, a year while in Holly, but they're promoting promoting that stuff. Mm. But it's the quick fix that's the problem. It's, it's associating that I can get fit and healthy in four weeks. Yeah. You can't. No one mm. can do that. It would, for me, it's a minimum three months to, mm. to achieve decent goals because it's, a lot of it's mental and changing habits is a mental shift and that takes time, and that doesn't happen through quick fixes. So we don't do six-week challenges at Redefine. We don't put people on low-calorie restrictive diets. Mm. You know, We don't say you need to train here six or seven times a week and flog yourself because it doesn't actually work. The link between cortisol and fat loss and stress is massive. So if you're really stressed out, you shouldn't actually be doing a HIIT workout. You should be doing some yoga because that's going to calm you down. So we've had people lose massive amounts of weight just by doing yoga, not because the yoga is creating a calorie deficit, but because the yoga is allowing them to make better lifestyle changes at home yeah. and thus lose weight. And it's, it's funny because you know, my, my day job, and I've spent you know, years in, in, in the marketing side of, of a number of industries, and then I spent a, a while working in, in marketing for things like the fitness industry and the supplement industry and all these things, and then I just got out of it because the, the tricks that they pull, I mean, one of the, I think it was... Uh, I don't know if it is the um, weight loss brand that we you know, challenge company that we all know or yeah. the, or one of them, but yeah, they do things like if, when you sign up for a challenge, they tell you not to weigh yourself for 10 days and then they weigh you in the session. So you're naturally going to get, if you're following a diet for the first 10 days, you're going to get a weight loss. They say, don't step on the scales for 10 days. They weigh you in the session. Then they film you when you say, oh, my God, I've lost like two pounds or a yeah. kilo or whatever it is. And then that's the moment they'll film you. They'll take the testimonial. Yeah, exactly. And then use it on the website just in that because in any kind of fitness and weight loss, you do get a kind of a, a bit of a drop. In yeah, and most of that is water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, all these marketing tricks are used yeah, just to, to pull people it's in. Really, it's really become quite a horrible industry to be, to be part of. Mm. I think a lot of people feel that, especially personal trainers getting into it. Yeah. The drive for a lot of personal trades in industries, they want to help people. They're like, but to help people, this is what I've, I've actually got to go against my morals to do it. Yeah. And that's just, and that's, you know, it's a big part of that churn and in and, and, and turn mm. from, from the industry. Yeah, one of the, the areas that I heard, you know, one of the best things for weight loss, uh, they say, or for, for, you know, for overall holistic health, is uh, sleep. Yeah. Just getting absolutely. eight hours uh, sleep a night, a really good, decent sleep. But that's not sexy. It's not, you know, you can't put that in a tablet. You can't yeah, put that in exactly. a protein shake. And yeah. you say to people, well, yeah, rest, get some sleep, right, recovery. They're like, no, no, yeah. I want, you know, what, yeah. what's the supplement that's going to yeah. get me ripped and all yeah. these sorts of things. Your, your sleep, your stress levels and drinking water are your three best tips. Because when you're, when you're not stressed, you're sleeping well, you've got energy, you've got a clear mindset, you can then focus on your eating better. You can focus on exercise. How can you exercise if you're stressed out all the time? How can you eat better? if you're stressed out all the time. And it's, it's funny you talk about diet and nutrition. And I've noticed that, you know, now I'm, I'm 40 crazily enough. Um, yeah. It's, I, I used to be that guy. I'd go to the gym I'd sometimes 10 times a week and I'd be a typical guy. You know, if I had the, uh, you know, the, the, the boys summer holiday in the diary, yeah, yeah. February time, I'd be there later snorting, snorting protein powder yeah, in the gym. Yeah. Um, I still like heavy drinking and partying at the weekend and, and just sort of focusing on that goal. Then after that, that boy's holiday, then you don't really care for the rest yeah. of the year. And, and it's always just 
go, go, go. Don't, you know, never, if you'd said to me something about sleep or yoga or anything, I'd be like, no way. I yeah. need to need to be lifting more, lifting heavier, yeah. all these sorts of things. And it's such a bad way of living. It is, yeah. Resistance training is super important. You know, we need to be doing that, but it's just the, the levels and the reason why that, that we're doing that, you know, the use of steroids in, in the fitness industry is just through the roof. Is it? Could, I've yeah, heard these rumors. It's, 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 quite, it's quite sad. Mm. Yeah. And it's very associated. We go back to that influencer. Uh, this is how I want to look. Mm. It's not happening because I don't have the genetics for it. I don't really know what I'm doing training-wise. So I'll just take the easy option and pump myself full of something so I can look like that. It's, it's quite it's quite grotesque, really. It is, yeah. and, and and what do you think with again with social media and and for for younger people? And I ask this because I mean my my oldest is oh Christ, I've got <laughs> how old is my oldest? He's ten years old, yeah. and he's already going like, oh, daddy, and he's a, he's a boy as well, and you know he's like, oh, daddy, I'm I'm a bit fat, or I'm gonna you know I'm not gonna eat that, and I'm like. Dude, firstly, you've got that metabolism. You, you know, rip the arse out of it, matey. Have you know? Have, yeah. Obviously, within reason, but you know, for for kids, I think just if you're gonna have a bit of cake or or a burger at the weekend, I think just just you know, live your life. But do you think are you seeing more of that? That, or do you feel that social media is is getting more on the minds of younger people? It's tough. Yeah, my my oldest one's seven, so he's not far away from that. You know, he's on a lot of. You know, he wants. He's already like, can I get a. You know, can I get a TikTok account? I was like, there's not a chance. I was like, not a chance. It ain't happening. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, as long as young people are moving, like, but if we, but it's, we're creating those habits. But if we're, you know, if you've got a 10-year-old and he's not moving and he's just eating bad things, well, we're, we're, we're failing them massively. So quite like my seven-year-old, he loves getting outside. If I say to him, let's go play football, he'd be like, he'd like snap my hand off and get me out. How quickly can we do that? So, so that's good. So I don't mind him eating what, what what he's doing but if it was the other way around well then it's our job to educate right and it's crazy i think this is where i'm a i'll be asking new zealand tourism or the government to, to send me my check through the post but i don't mean this is an <laughs> advert but i had, i went for a run with my oldest last night and it was just like a 5k run me and him he's a 10 year old yeah i was just thinking in england I would never do this yeah. and and yeah, maybe i'd go out for a run but just I I think people in this country do do see like how lucky you are. Yeah. Even just you know with with the the time, the emphasis that's that's put on sports, yeah, um, the, the facilities. I mean, we look at what we got here in, in Tauranga, and you know, yeah, you've just worked for choice. I know in the UK yeah. it would all be broken, burnt, stolen, and it's not nice to, to say that, but but it's yeah. True. I was I was born in the UK, and our parents, my parents, immigrated here for that very reason, just to provide opportunities and. To, to live a more wholesome, wholesome lifestyle. You know, UK's got a lot of great things going for it, but but exercising outdoors isn't one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh God, we could get political, but yeah. that's probably a different show. <laughs> yeah. And and I wanted to, to know you a bit. I asked, um, we had uh, Jacinta from Beretta Physio on, on not so long ago. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, um, I'll ask you the same question that, that I asked her. And let's say not Jacinta, but Jacinda, let's say she phones you up um, today and says, Jimmy... I'm going to put you in charge of, of health and fitness for kids in New Zealand. Here's a blank check. Go in here. The world's your oyster. Go and do what you want. What do you do? For kids, yeah. it's games, fun things. It's got to be engaging. Yeah, it's it's forms of sport. You know, form, sport foot build, builds camaraderie, you know. When you look at what the sport kept, kept me out of when I was young, you know, I never wanted to smoke or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Alcohol was always, always a part of it. But I'd just be creating fun games for them. 
you know, there's, there's so much you can do, but it's got to revolve around fun and and outdoors and, and moving. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, I guess the, the, the obvious part B of the question, let's say that Jacinta then calls us up tomorrow and says, Jimmy, you did a great job with the kids. Now, what do we do with the adults in terms of physical and and mental health? What what changes do you think we we need to make? As number one thing, and I've I've written about this a lot in, in blogs. The number one thing we need all adults to do, if we could get every New Zealand adult just to go for a walk for thirty minutes a day, mm-hmm. we'd we'd solve a massive amount of problems. Just that movement alone, mm-hmm. the, the decrease in stress levels, enjoying the the outdoors. That movement would have such a think of that think of the financial impact on the the health our health industry in ten years time if every one of us did thirty minutes or forty five minutes of walking every day definitely that's, my, that's all we need to do and it's that it's that longer time scale which which I think is is difficult for us all to understand because we want it now it is we always we're so conditioned to that oh I want I want this want this thing now. Definitely. Yeah. We, we're all busy. We all say I haven't got time to go. Yeah, that's why I went out yesterday. I was like, I've been inside all day. I need to go yeah. and do something. Yeah. Um, but it's that, that prevention level because it's, it say, what you do now, it's going to save yeah. thousands and millions of dollars yeah. in, in, in five to ten years' time. Yeah. That's why I keep saying exercise and movement, whether it's at a gym, whether it's playing sport, whether it's running, it's preventative healthcare. It's better than taking a pill in 15 years or having to have a knee replacement in 15 years' time. It's preventative healthcare. Definitely. And that's the way that we now need to focus on. Let's not call it gyms, call it exercise and movement because mm. it doesn't need to be done in a gym. It can be done anywhere. We're yeah. in New Zealand. We, you can do any form of movement and exercise, but it's preventative healthcare. Amazing. And in terms of that that longer-term goal that we've said, what, what's the longer-term goal for, for you and for Redefined? What's next? Well, I think when I first set it up, I was like, I want to I want to set up more of them. But at the moment, I was, I'm was i sort of like, well, I've, put, I've just had the hardest two years that I'll ever, ever have. I was like, what do I want the rest of my life to be? You know, I've got something amazing now set up. We've got a really good standing in the Papamal community. We've got an amazing team. I was like, that's to me, that is almost feeling like that's enough. It's like I just want to make this the best it can be, the best it can be, and then I'm able to do what I want to do. You know, I haven't spent enough time with my kids in the last two or three years. It's pretty, it's been pretty apparent. So that's those are things that I want to do, things that make make me happy, and, and are focusing on my long longer term health prospects rather than this sort of cycle of, you know, I need to grow, I need to set up another one, and and that sort of thing. So I'm sort of I don't have a set sort of plan other than just just sort of enjoying the next few years and then seeing what comes of that. Love it. Yeah. And, and Jimmy, so we're, we're coming to the end of the episode now, but uh, we have the, uh, the, the famous final secret question. Yes. So we have a tradition here on Taming the Ferrets that the previous guest gets to write a question for the next guest. Awesome. So I have here in the, uh, in the very no expense spared, uh, never stop looking up question book. Now, I haven't seen this question myself either. So... Where are we? So this is the question from the last person. Yep. I'll answer, then I write one. Yep. So yep, you get to write one for the next person, yeah, which is bad. good. So the question for you, Jimmy, is it's an interesting one. What is your biggest regret, and how did it make you stronger? My biggest regret. I don't know. I've always it's a really tough one because I've always had a policy that that I try not to have regrets because I've learnt from them because regrets. Regrets are kind of mistakes, and you and you learn and you get stronger. 
I think my biggest regret is in in Melbourne, and this is actually leads on to that point we just spoke about. So in Melbourne, I started up a, a small gym, and it went went really well. But I was stuck in that growth mindset, like, and it went so well. And six months later, I started a second one. Yeah. And the second one didn't go so well, and the first one suffered because I wasn't there because I started it, started it so soon. Mm. So because of that, I went from one hugely successful business to two, to one very mediocre business and one kind of okay business. Yeah. And that's when you spoke to me about that point of that growth. So now at the moment, it's like that's sort of what I learned. That was always a regret. I was like, I wish I hadn't have done that second mm. business. But the learning I got from that is, as I'm at now, is like I've got something here that's working. It needs my full-time attention at the moment. Mm. I'm actually not going to go try to start up another one or try to overextend myself. That's kind of what I learned, learned from that. Definitely. I love that. And this, I think it, you're right. I mean, I, I try and go through life with a no regrets attitude, but yeah. it's all lessons. I think exactly. we, some things go well, some things don't go so well. But if we can learn from it, then I, I think it's, it's only when we look back that, that we discover why. Yeah why life teaches us these lessons and that's all part of having a a healthy body, healthy mind and uh, and a healthy life. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Jimmy, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. We have to get you back for part two because we've got so much more to talk about. Absolutely. Um, And firstly, well, well, and and finally, if people want to to get in touch, if they want to join up with with Redefined, where do they find you? Yeah, just go to our website, redefined.nz. It's got all the information on there. We're just in Papamara and Ashley Place. Um, Yeah, we just really encourage people just to come come chat to us. You know, we are trying to break the mold and trying to get away from quick fixes and Mm. look at holistic health. And that's that's our MO at the moment. Love it. Jimmy, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on Taming the Ferrets and we will speak to you again soon. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Like what you hear? Don't forget to follow us on social media at Taming the Ferrets and to give us five stars on your podcast provider. We're New Zealand's best kept secret, but don't be afraid of sharing us with the world. This has been a WTF experience. Discover more of your favourite shows and learn how to launch your very own podcast at wtfproductions.nz.